I entitled the message, Mothers, Where Would We Be Without Them? No, we wouldn't even be here at all, period, if there was not a mother somewhere in our background. I can guarantee you every one of us has had or still has a mother. Today, one of the questions a lot of young couples that get married are entertaining, it's a question I don't think I entertain too much as I look back on the years, it's been some years now, but the question is, do we have any plans for children in our future? I think today couples are considering this like it's never been considered before in the history of America. Are there any plans for children in our future? And many are coming up with the answer, no. And some, well, maybe one. But it's going to be way on down the road. And you ask them, well, why do you feel this way? We hear a lot of people saying the reason that we should not consider having children is because of the potential population explosion. I've been thinking about that. I really believe that there is some kind of evil skullduggery or evil imagination that spawned a hoax on us that there is a population explosion. There is not. Why are they doing this? I think possibly to justify abortion, to justify the killing of society's undesirables, which would be the retarded, the incurables, and the too old. What's the facts? Now follow me. There are 52 million square miles. Now listen, 52 million square miles of livable space on earth. 52 million. And it only requires 200 square miles to put all the people on the face of the earth today. 200 out of 52 million. Did you know, and you're not going to blow you this, that you could put all the people standing side by side and front and back in the state of Florida, the city of Jacksonville, and only take up one half the city? Everybody in the whole world could move to Jacksonville, Florida, vacate the entire rest of the world, and just take up half the city if they stood face to face and back to back and side to side. You may not believe it, I can prove it. You're going to get the calculator down. Overpopulation. When you can put the whole world in Jacksonville, Florida, you don't have a population problem. It's just a distribution problem, not a population problem. Couples were interviewed regarding this question of, are there children in your future? They didn't give the reason we're worried about the population explosion. Their reasons were, children are too expensive. Now, that's true. They are expensive. Secondly, children are too difficult to raise. And that's becoming true every day, I guess. And thirdly, children are too time-consuming. I cannot deny that all three of those things are correct if you're going to have children. Have you ever thought what would have happened had Eve taken the stand that a lot of women take today? Just imagine. Adam says, well, what about children, Eve? And she says, I've been thinking it over, honey. And uh, I don't think it'd be a good idea for us to put any children in the garden. We've got a pretty good thing going here for us, and I really don't think that I should replenish the earth. I don't think I should obey the command of the Lord. I just feel like it, 
we should just eliminate my having any children. I like my freedom. I like the potential that I'm left to, to participate in. I can do my thing. I just vote, Adam, no kids. I wonder how that would have interfered with the plans of God for her. And yet we often relate the name of Eve with being disobedient to God by eating the forbidden fruit. Would she not have been just as disobedient to God had she said, Adam, no children? Have you ever thought about that? She would have been just as disobedient to God in doing that as she would have if she had said, I'm going to eat the forbidden fruit. Both acts would have been a disobedient act. God said, replenish the earth. And you don't do that unless you become a mother. There's no other way. And thus I conclude from this that God's original plan for women was that they would serve him in providing children. That's one of the services that God made women especially to provide. You ever thought about that? In a sense, God elevates the woman to a position above the man. For she can give God something man cannot give him. She can give him children. She can give him future generations. Man cannot do it, but woman can. God honored woman in the garden. He said, I have a plan with you, woman. All man's included, but not like the woman. Not like the woman. And God in the Bible speaks of children as being his gift to the mother. How times have changed. Today, many mothers to be are crying in their tears. Oh, what a burden. I'm going to have a baby. That's not the way it was originally planned. Something's gone wrong with our modern day thinking. Children are not a curse. The children are God's blessing that he wants to give to the mother. Children are a gift to the father and the, you might say the parents. They're to be a source of blessing for years to come. They're to be a source of rejoicing. Look at Psalms 127.3. As far as God's concerned, he's doing you a favor when he allows you to become a mother. And we need to rethink ourselves until we reach the point we realize this. God's blessing us when we have children. Lo, the Bible says, not woe, lo. Children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Some would say, well, if, if God would have known today what he has still told you to replenish the earth, if, if God really understood the day in which we lived and the difficulties in which we live as mothers, would God still have said replenish the earth? Would God still consider today that a child, oftentimes unwanted, is a blessing, is a gift from God? I don't think the age in which we live has any burden. Some would say, well, there was a time when having a number of children was to an advantage. But not today. It's a liability. So we're trying to rewrite the book on motherhood. And I believe it's going to have some sad results. The other evening I was listening to the radio, to a talk show, and it was a, a man in New York. And a father had called in and was asking some advice regarding his son. Let me tell you the story on the radio. The boy and his wife 
had been married a number of years and had put off having any children because they wanted to purchase a home, the dream of Americans. They had $20,000 to put down on this home. He found the home he wanted and it cost $80,000. He put down $1,000 earnest money and then when he went to sign the final papers, the loan company gave him a different monthly payback and a different interest than the man who told him or promised him what the note would be and the payback would be, the salesman of the house. He was asking this talk show host, who was a lawyer, can my son cancel the contract because they have changed the terms and get back his $1,000 earnest money? Before the lawyer answered him, he said, how much money does your son make? And he said, my son makes $29,000. And immediately the man snapped back, well, your son cannot buy an $80,000 home. There's no way. Even with a $20,000 down payment, because he sit there with a calculator, his notes will be over with insurance and taxes, $1,200 a month. He cannot buy that house. And the man, all but my son's wife works. Oh, that makes a difference. How much does she make? He said, between the two of them, they make $42,000 a year. Oh, you could buy the house. No problem there. But then the father said, but she plans to quit and start a family. And he snapped back, forget it. There's no way that she can stay home once the family is started. She must go back to work or he will never be able to pay for the house. She might as well expect to work for the next 40 years. Now that's a sad dilemma that I find many young couples facing today. How do you get around this? I don't know. I said to some people many years ago when women really started working. You know, in, in my day, most all the mothers, and I'm not knocking working mothers now, stayed home, raised the family, and the man made enough to buy a house and buy a car and buy food and buy clothes and had just about everything that we have today, but the woman didn't work. And I made a prediction many years ago, and I shared this with some people. You watch it. The day will come when more and more and more people, women, go to work. And the people in the market that sells products are going to figure out they're making twice as much money as they used to that means that we can get twice as much money that we used to get. And what has happened, people, is that the, the market that sells you products has figured out your wife is working, and instead of selling you a car for $5,000, they are going to base the price of their car on you and your wife, which means that now the wife has been trapped into going to work to have the same thing she could have had 25 years ago and stayed home. And it's sad that we have gotten ourselves into this situation where now almost a woman has to work to survive in a family. That's I don't have an answer for this. But the pressure of society is continuing to grow. There's also a float of vast sentiment that we as people must think first of ourselves. It's your wishes and your desires and your pleasures and your plans that count most of all. Forget about that replenishing the earth command. There's just no room in your life anymore for children. Forget this heritage of the Lord stuff. Forget this through the womb stuff as being a gift of God's love and grace for you as women. Do you realize what can happen if the Christians buy this? Do you know that most of the, the growth of the Christian church 
And most of the dedicated workers that God has today come out of the children of Christian parents. What happens if all the Christians quit having children? Where will God get his next generation? Where will he get his servants? Where will he get well, he can convert all the lost people? Generally, God raises up out of his own people his servants. Just look in your church. Our own church is a symbol of this very truth. Generation to generation to generation are those that serve the Lord. Today, I'm sorry to hear that the idea of motherhood is, is a repugnant idea to a lot of young girls. This bothers me. It's even being rejected today as, as an alternative for Christian young girls. I, I don't understand this. With the solution being, well, there is abortion. Now, I know on Mother's Day, what on earth are you going to talk about abortion? Because that's what stops a girl from being a mother. You know, there's a scripture that comes to mind that has nothing to do with Mother's Day. It's in Galatians, the sixth chapter. I'm going to tell you something else that I predict. It's going to happen to us. Galatians, the sixth chapter. And I've never heard anybody say this, but I'm going to say this morning. Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse seven. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I believe we're sowing today in abortion a forthcoming catastrophe that we're going to reap in great sorrow and sadness. So how do you figure that? You stop to think of the possible consequences that abortions could have on our nation. If Children are a heritage of the Lord. Now, please follow me. If children are God's gift, they're also God's answers to prayers. God usually works his plans and his will through people. You know where I'm leading? God does not just give a mother a child. God gives that mother a planned destiny for that child. And that planned destiny involves benefiting people, sometimes just one, but sometimes the whole nation is benefited. What if Dr. Salk's mother had aborted him? You and I may have still been frightened about polio. Huh? What if some of the children today are God's predestined plan children to have the answers for our political and social and economical and religious problems in America. What if those children, God's plans, are aborted? So, oh, God can find some others. Oh, he could, but I don't think he will. Whatsoever a nation soweth, that shall it also reap. I'm afraid in a lot of our abortions, we're destroying the very thing that God has sent to help us. The very child and the very person that God designed to bless this nation with, we have killed. And there will be a replacement. We only knew the benefits today. What if one of those children aborted yesterday was the one that God predestined to cure cancer? So, well, God will get another one. I don't believe you will. I believe that mother had her chance for glory. And that child had his chance for destiny. But man, in his selfishness, I don't care about children. I don't think about myself. In the long run, folks, that's going to pay, make us pay dearly. I'm afraid we're killing the wrong folks. We're killing the wrong folks. You're killing your future generation. And I fear dark days ahead for America unless we can stop this dilemma we're faced with. 
like I say, I believe we're, we're removing. We pray Thursday was a national day of prayer. And this thing, the whole nation supposedly was to pray to God for help in dealing with our problems. What if God answers that prayer by sending a child or two child or three child in the political, the financial realm of life? What if he answers that prayer and sends them and the mother says, I'm going to abort that baby? Then we say, well, why doesn't God answer our prayers? And God said, I did. I did. Regarding the argument that an embryo is not a person, let me just throw this out to you. Those of you who are theological thinking, Jesus was a person, the person of God. Jesus became an embryo in the womb of Mary. Are you telling me that Jesus stopped being a person for nine months and became a blob for nine months? Was he a person before he came to earth and then in Mary's womb he was nothing? God has never stopped being a person. Jesus was a person from the first moment of conception. He was a person with a destiny. What if Mary had aborted Jesus? Because she was unwed. She had every right to think about it until the angel told her, quit thinking about it. Because the child is of God. He is God, but he was a person. Let's think back in the history of what if Suzanne Wesley talk about having kids. I don't know how many she had in 12. What if she had aborted John? What if John Wesley's about it? This is the last straw. No more kids for me. And John Wesley would have been killed. You wouldn't have the great revival in England. One person. What if Billy Graham's mother had killed him? Well, you get another. I don't believe you will, people. I don't believe you will. God just doesn't organize his plans to get around our sins. So I think it's important for us as it's people today to realize that children are still a heritage of the Lord. They're still God's answer for the future. His hope of evangelizing the world. His hope of bringing this world back to his way of life. Rest in generation after generation of godly children. Raised by godly parents. Fighting for the godly rights. We're in a team with God. I say, we the mothers are you. In I mean, you're supplying God with what he needs. To carry on his working will on this earth. Then as well, a verse I want to comment on this morning. Again, it doesn't have a lot to do with Mother's Day. But I believe we're going to sow sorrow for the what we're reaping. We're going to reap sorrow for what we're sowing. That was in Galatians 6, 9. Galatians 6, 9. It's a verse that's just said to Christians as they seek to do the Lord's will. As they face discouragement for not seeing the results that they desire, he says, let us not be weary. Don't get tired. In doing well, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not, there's honor in being a mother. In honor, I believe that a woman does not have to share with a man. Today, women want equality. I don't know what for. they got a better deal anyway. In my opinion, they do. I believe really the woman has more honor than the man. And rightfully so. I believe motherhood gives a woman honor all her own. She does not ever have to share with the man. And he can never do anything about it, And he can never compete with it. You know what that honor is? Your life came from your mother. Without mothers, where would we be? I cannot produce a child. That's an honor my wife alone can do. And my life came from my mother. Not only that. But she had to put her life on the line for me to come into being. She had to risk death. The father didn't. 
He just paced the floor, looked out the window. <laughs> There's no honor for pacing the floor, looking out the window, or reading the magazine. In the meantime, in the delivery room, the mother puts her life on the line. She could live or die. So who should get the honor? Papa? What has he done? He's not going to die. As he's told, he's got triplets, probably. <laughs> not only that, but the mother had to carry the weight around for nine months. Think about that. And I see some, that's quite a problem. When the baby's born, the father gets to hold it, and when it gets heavy, he sets it down. Well, about five minutes, he puts it in the chair, sets it down on the couch, puts it on the floor. For nine months, mama can't sit it down on the floor. So who should get the honor on Mother's Day? I think the mother should. We don't stop and think what was involved in our getting here. Somebody had to pay the price, and there was only one person that paid that price, and that was the mother. No wonder God says, honor the mother. Honor the mother. I believe this is, if God wants us to honor the mother, surely God himself will honor the mother. He wouldn't ask me to do something he wouldn't do. So I think motherhood elevates the mother to a position of tremendous honor, even in the eyes of God. Nothing upsets me more than a disrespectful child of his mother. I mean, nothing gets my dander up like that. Be not weary in well-doing. There's a lot of weariness involved in becoming a mother, but in due time, you will be honored. Father, we're thankful this day for those in our church who are deserving of the honor of mother. Help us to realize this day that through them we came into being. And there was a destined plan, a destined purpose, even for each one of us to influence somebody somewhere or influence a lot of people somewhere or influence an entire nation somewhere. But there was a plan between God and our mother to bring us into being. She was a part of that plan. Thus she was a part of the will of God. She's a part of God's great overall planning for this world. May we honor this day our mothers especially with the honor that God gives them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.